Hey, Christ community, glad all of you are here. Greetings to our, those who are watching in our traditions venue, as well as all those who are online, who are watching online. We're so glad all of you are, are joining us. Before we jump into the message, I wanted to give a brief update on what's happening with our newly acquired West property um, and invite you to join us um, in a specific kind of prayer journey that we as a church are on. As many of you know, at the end of June, uh, we purchased 10 acres of land in an awesome location at Promontory in far uh, west Greeley. We're very excited about the potential of what God is calling us toward with this purchase and what it means for the future of, of our church here in Greeley as well as really this northern Colorado region. So for quite a few months now, our staff has been prayerfully discerning and visioning what this promontory campus could look like. And in that process, we believe God spoke something significant to our heart, that there is a bigger call and process we need to undergo than just designing a West location. See, we believe this is a time to prayerfully evaluate and gain greater strategic clarity for every area of our church, to seek God afresh for his heart and his vision for our entire church and where he is leading us in the years to come, not only for our West property, but also for 15th Street and our Zoe's location. Our heart is, is for all of these to thrive and for our, our church to thrive. So we're in a very important season right now of seeking God and meeting regularly to discern his direction for our entire church. And we would love for you to join us in this season of prayer and discernment. <clears throat> so I just want to invite you over the next couple months, as you pray for our church in this season, as you spend time listening to the Holy Spirit, please feel free to share with us any words, any pictures, any scriptures that God gives you as you are praying for Christ's community. Honestly, you can do that anytime. We welcome that anytime. But I wanted to, I wanted just to let you know about this specific opportunity right now. And those, as they're emailed to us or shared with us, those will be given to the, the team to pray over in this, in this season, in this process. We are excited about all that God is doing in this church right now and, and all that he has in store for our church in the future. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you and to be following the cloud together. All right, today we're launching a, a, a teaching series that's been on my heart for several months. Um, we're calling the series Still Quieting the Noise Within. And let me just acknowledge up front, this series has been shaped by some messages done a few years ago at a church in Portland, a church called Bridge, Bridgetown Church. So thanks to John Mark Comer, Pastor John Mark Comer, for his influence in my own processing and thinking here. So when we think about some of the biggest challenges, the biggest threats to our health as humans, we immediately think of things like cancer, or heart disease, but, but there is another disease that is taking its toll on us as well. And what makes this disease especially frightening is that it, it is a disease that we actively participate in. It, it's something that we, act, that, that we actually pursue and almost celebrate as a way of, in terms of living it. We almost celebrate it as a way of living. It's the disease of distraction. The disease of distraction, John Mark Homer um, points out that when history books are written, um, the year 2007 will probably be viewed as a seismic shifting point in our existence as humans. What, what's so significant about 2007? It's when this device came on the scene, the iPhone. 
You know, and I, I know it's hard to believe for those of you who are under 20 years old, but before the smartphone, we actually experienced moments where as we were like waiting in line for something, we had nothing to do. There was like this very real thing called boredom. You know, we couldn't check our Instagram or Facebook or text messages. We couldn't scroll through the latest Google News or whatever headlines on Google News. We couldn't play Candy Crush. I mean, in those moments, we literally had nothing to do. And then came the smartphone. And suddenly, we now have a device that is constantly offering us a way to never be bored again to never have to sit with our thoughts or our emotions in a particular moment. Those are no fun. We now have all sorts of options to fill that void in our lives. We live in what some economists are calling the attention economy. Here's what that means. Thousands of apps are being created with the sole purpose of distracting us 24-7. Tristan Harris is co-founder of, of, um, of the Time Well Spent movement. He used to work for Google as a product advisor, but he eventually left the company because he realized that everything in the Google, Apple, Facebook world, everything is intentionally engineered for distraction and addiction because that's where the money is. Their singular goal is to design apps and other things that will hook us and keep us engaged for as long as possible. Not because it's good for us, but because there's money in it for them. Something about that makes me ill. Our souls are being sold to the highest bidder and we're freely choosing it. This culture or this disease of distraction is actually rewiring our brains. So recent research reveals that, that our attention spans are decreasing at, a, at an alarming rate. And the new normal is, is what is now being referred to as continuous partial attention. This is the new normal. This is the new state of, of living, continuous partial attention. Here's what that means. It means that while keeping a top level item in focus, we are also constantly scanning the periphery in case something more important emerges. So, so we're constantly in this really stress-heightened state of trying to pay attention to multiple things that are happening all at once, which damages our ability to truly be present in the moment, to truly focus on something. This is why we need to keep our, we feel this need to keep our, our phones, whatever phone we have, to keep our phones out whenever we're in a meeting or even when we're doing lunch with someone. We just feel this need to keep our phones out. So because why? We don't want to miss something important. So the minute that text notification comes through or we hear that email ding or whatever, we can't not look. American adults and teens now pick up their smartphones every, on average, every 4.3 minutes. How many notifications will you and I receive on our phone or Apple Watch um, during this worship service? And research has shown that every time our minds get distracted by a notification, it takes several minutes to fully refocus on what we were doing. So we are basically unfocused throughout our day. 
We are basically unfocused throughout our day. This is our new normal. This is our new normal. Now, please hear me. I'm not trying to bash smartphones. I love Google Maps. I love my ESPN app, especially this afternoon, college football scores, you know. Um, But what I want us to consider, what I want us to consider is the impact that this distraction culture is having in our lives. I want us to consider the impact this way of living is having in our lives. A few years ago, Andrew Sullivan wrote a piece in the New York Times Magazine entitled, I Used to Be a Human Being. Um, This is what he writes. He says, this new epidemic of distraction is our civilization's specific weakness. And its threat is not to our minds, even as they shape shift under the pressure. The threat is to our souls. At this rate, if the noise does not relent, we might even forget that we have a soul. He is absolutely right. The way we are living is disconnecting us from our souls. It is toxic to our very being. Every waking moment, really, I think, is, I think this is accurate, I, I would say it is, every waking moment is filled with, with things to do or things to be distracted by. We bounce between the two. Being overly busy or binging on Netflix. Being overly stressed and then escaping into the world of social media or video games or whatever our escape of choice. Many people way smarter than me believe that there is a connection between this distracted, stressful way of living, way that we're living, and the epidemic levels of anxiety and depression happening today, especially among young people. The way we are living is toxic to our souls. It is toxic to our souls. It is not only robbing us of emotional health, things like joy and peace, it's also damaging our spiritual health. It's damaging our ability to connect with and experience God. One one theologian has said, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. That's the problem we're facing. Now, I know it sounds dark and depressing. I'm not going to end the sermon right here uh, because there is good news, okay? God, God invites us into a different way of living, a different way of living that can help quiet the noise within and can help free us from this addiction to distraction and instead enable us to experience stillness of soul. So that's what this teaching series, the next five weeks, that's what this teaching series is all about. In the midst of the busyness and the stress and the distractions of life, we long to be whole, right? We long to be reconnected with our soul. And God shows us how to do that. It is possible. It is within reach for all of us. This will not require you to become a monk in a monastery, I promise. It will not require you to become an introvert if you're an extrovert. But it will require some intentionality. It will. It will require engaging in some practices that can help us learn how to quiet our soul when living in a, in, a, in a culture of constant noise and distraction. And I'll talk more about that in, in, in a few minutes. What I want us to do in this first message, I want to give us, um, or let the Lord give us a clear picture of what God is inviting us into. 
the, the, the kind of life that he is inviting us to experience no matter what is going on around us. He gives us this beautiful, life-giving picture in a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 23. Many of us are familiar with this psalm. For much of my Christian life, I was familiar with this song. I heard it quoted it mainly, it thought of it in terms of funerals or if someone is dying, pull out Psalm 23, right? Um, but in the last nine months or so, this psalm has become life to me. I find myself praying Literally, I find myself praying certain phrases in the psalm multiple times a day because I feel like it points my stressed out soul towards stillness and peace. And that's really my prayer today, that we would move beyond our familiarity with this particular passage, if we are familiar, and into the life that this psalm can provide for our souls. So I want to focus on the first three verses because they speak so powerfully to the care of our, of our souls. Let's look beginning in verse one. Psalmist writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is the reality that God longs for us to live in, that he is our loving shepherd, our provider. In him, we have all that we need. And see, this speaks so powerfully to the distraction culture that I described a few minutes ago. The underlying lie in this distraction, continuous partial attention culture, the underlying lie in this culture is that we're going to miss out on something. We're going to miss out on some juicy gossip or some funny video or some new information or some text or email from someone really, really important. See, whatever is going on in our heart, the reality is we often look to these kinds of devices or at our smartphones, we look to these to subconsciously meet some need in our soul, to feel wanted, to feel important, to not miss out on something, to not feel bored, to not feel stupid, whatever. Well, well, well this first verse in Psalm 23 speaks directly to that search because it reminds us that our hearts are satisfied in God alone. We lack nothing in him. Our souls find their satisfaction in him. And see, you and I both, we, we all know this. We all know this when we really kind of dig deep. We know this. While our smartphones help alleviate our boredom, the deeper reality is we still feel empty and bored. The next level of Candy Crush, the next look at Instagram, the next episode of The Office, they don't really satisfy. They temporarily distract, but they don't satisfy our soul. So how do we live more and more in this conscience, conscious reality of a loving God in whom we have everything we need? How do we live in this verse one reality? Well, David shows us. He says in verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, this is not the way we would expect this phrase to end, right? What do sheep in green pastures do? They eat. They eat, right, which is good. The problem, however, is that sheep will overeat. They will eat too much. So the shepherd has to make them lie down in green pastures so that they don't overconsume what is around them. And the same thing is true of us. Our reality is we are surrounded by green pasture all the time. We are surrounded by all sorts of things to do and to be engaged in. 
Some may be work-related, some may be school-related, others may just be more distractions. We have no lack for things that are trying to occupy our time and our attention. And there is a place for those things. Please hear me, there's a place for those things. But God, our shepherd, is wanting to establish in our hearts this foundational truth, that in order to engage in all these other things in a healthy way, our souls need to experience rest. In order to engage in all these other things in a healthy way, our souls need to experience rest. This needs to be part of our life rhythm. And if it's not, notice what happens. God makes us lie down. How does he do that? Well, for me, it was a season years ago of panic attacks. Out of the blue, had these panic attacks where God was letting me know, Alan, your soul is not in a good place. I, you know, I, I, it, my soul needed some attention, and panic attacks was the way he got my attention. Otherwise, I would have just kept plowing through. For you, it could be discouragement. It could be some addiction that's eating your lunch. It could be emptiness. It could be insomnia. It could be this overwhelming feeling of exhaustion all the time. See, th- th- these, things, these things are warning lights from our shepherd saying to us, your life is out of balance. You, you are doing, doing, doing in a green pasture when what your soul needs is some time to find rest in that pasture. Now, some of us are pretty stubborn and independent, so we just ignore these warning lights. We ignore the warning lights, and we just keep plugging along, we just keep plowing through until we have a mental breakdown, or we have an affair, or we get a DUI, and then it hits the fan. God makes us lie down. He makes us stop and look at the way we're living our life. So we can do this voluntarily, or we can let circumstances get us to the place where we have no other choice. But either way, God, our shepherd, wants us to lie down. He wants us to experience this stillness of soul where we are content to stop doing, to stop consuming, to stop producing, and we're able to just be. We are able to be fully present in the moment, present to ourselves, present to our thoughts, present to our emotions, present to God which is a radical idea. Being present in the moment, that is a radical idea in a culture that's filled with busyness and distraction. But it's exactly what our soul longs for and needs. It's exactly what our soul longs for and needs. Let's look at what David says next. He leads me beside quiet waters. I love this image. You see, this is what our practice of soul stillness leads us into. This is what it leads us into quiet waters. Sheep are easily frightened, and one thing that especially frightens them is water that's moving very quickly, moving very rapidly, so that they're unable to drink from a river or a stream that's moving rapidly because it freaks them out. So a good shepherd will lead them beside water that is still so they can drink. See, our good shepherd knows that when our souls are experiencing stillness and quiet, like we've just been talking about, when our souls are actually in that place, we are able to more fully drink from him. 
When our souls are in that place, we are able to more fully drink from him, to hear him speak to us, to experience his love for us, to bask in and enjoy his presence. And the result is, as David points out of this next line, he refreshes my soul. Other translations say he restores my soul. This is exactly what we need in the midst of the culture I described earlier where our busyness and our distractions are causing us to disconnect from our souls, God invites us into this place where our souls are actually restored rather than distracted. Where our souls are refreshed rather than stressed. Where our soul's joy and creativity are reawakened. So does that sound like something you might be interested in? Okay, a few of you, great. Uh, I'm interested, so no, how, how do we grow in this? How do we grow in this? Okay, remember that if you took physics in high school, you may remember that word um, in physics, inertia. Inertia, what is inertia? Okay, inertia is the resistance of an object to any change in its motion. So inertia is what keeps something moving, moving. It's the resistance to change that motion in any way. That's inertia. So a car driving 100 miles an hour is not able to stop on a dime because of inertia, right? Habits that we have been living and embracing for years are not going to be stopped immediately. They're not going to be stopped instantaneously. And they're not going to stop just from hearing a sermon. What changes us, what changes us is inertia-reducing practices over time. That's what changes us. Following Jesus is an apprenticeship to Jesus. And to be an apprentice means you're learning. And I'm learning, right? Apprentices learn. How do apprentices learn? Through practice. Apprentices learn through practice. See, what we're talking about here is not a little tweak here or there. What we're talking about is a new way of living. And that requires practice over time. There are certain practices that God has given us through his word, practices that believers throughout the centuries, believers in Jesus throughout centuries have utilized. And these practices can help us grow in our experience of stillness and soul restoration. So each week in this series, we're going to invite you to engage in will teach you and then invite you to engage in a specific practice that can help you detox from the way that you've been living in order to help you grow in the life that God has for you. Now, now please hear me. These are not legalistic rules. They're not religious rituals, although they can be turned into that. Unfortunately, they can, anything can be turned into that. But they're not. They, they are wonderful practices that for centuries have stood the test of time in the lives of believers who, like you, longed for deeper levels of peace in the, in the midst of the challenges that they were facing. Now, let me also point out that for the next few, for the, for, for really the next few weeks, these practices are going to build on each other. They're going to build on each other. We're going to be giving them to you in bite-sized 
portion. So you can practice the one, and then you can add to it the second week, and that, that kind of thing. Each week, you're going to see how these, these fit together perfectly. Um, we're also going to be putting together a weekly video experience called Present Practice. In these videos, we will actually lead you through that week's practice in real time. Okay, so this is not a video giving you information. It is a video guiding you through the actual experience. So you'll be able to find the one for this week on our social media platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram on Monday. We'll have that on, on there on Monday. We'll also have a handout available in the information area after services each week with a description of that practice. And that handout will also be um, on, the, on the notes um, in the sermon kind of video on the website and, and app. So there are lots of ways to access each week's practice. But the key is practice, okay? Uh, so as I mentioned a few moments ago, the entryway, that's what we're talking about here today, the entryway into this world of soul restoration is in practicing being present in the moment. If our problem is that we are constantly bouncing between productivity and escape or distraction, if our problem is that we're continually living in this continuous partial attention state, just being open to any, any influences around, just making sure we don't miss anything. If that's our problem, what our souls desperately need is the ability to be fully present in this moment, right now. Now, this is a really popular topic today. Um, it's often referred to as mindfulness. You can read about mindfulness everywhere. Um, so it's on Time Magazine covers, all that stuff, and a lot of people are talking about it. And what, what modern day mindfulness is describing is something that Christians have been practicing for centuries. But here's the difference. What Christians have been practicing for centuries is, is using mindfulness with the goal to experience a deeper connection to God. What's fascinating, if you do any research on mindfulness, um, just even secular research on mindfulness, fascinating how stress and distraction, scientific research, they negatively impact our emotional well-being and our lifespan. And how mindfulness, the research is showing mindfulness enhances our physical and emotional well-being. But of course, the Bible's known this all along, right? Um, Christ-centered mindfulness helps restore our souls. So we're gonna start really simple this week with, with some exercises that will help us learn how to actually be present in the moment. Now, I realize all of us are at different places spiritually. We're at different places personality-wise, different, pla different stages of life. I mean, some of you have young children and you're thinking, there is no way this is happening in my life right now. You know, you're just thinking that. Others of you are thinking, this is for introverts like Pastor Allen, not for me. I'm a type A personality. I can't sit still, et cetera, et cetera. Please hear me. I know those things are going through your brains. Hear me. These practices are not only for introverts. They are for all of us. If we struggle to do these practices, it's probably an indicator of how desperately we need them. Let, let me say it another way. If, if you can't sit still for two minutes without freaking out, that's not a personality issue. That's a soul issue that needs to be looked at. So what I'm asking 
as your pastor, I am asking all of us to try these things. We're not talking about an hour every day. This, this exercise today, it would take maximum, probably unless you really wanted to extend it, but maximum just a few minutes, five minutes max. And I would encourage all of us to do it daily. Again, this is about practice. It's about building life-giving habits and practices in our lives in order to change the trajectory of our soul. I mean, if we want to get better at anything, you have to practice, right? This is the same way. These are things we have to, we practice. Now, with any of these exercises, it's essential that you find a quiet, solitary place where you can be alone without distraction. Okay. Our exercise this week is focused on simply being present in the moment, which is a really hard thing for us to do, for most of us to do. Um, we're either distracting ourselves or we're thinking about the past or we're thinking about the future. Rarely are we actually present in the moment, which is huge. Spiritually speaking, it's huge because our present, the present moment is the place we can experience Jesus, right? This is the place we experience Jesus. It's not five minutes from now. It's not an hour from now. I mean, when we're there, then we can experience him in that moment. But right now, in this present moment, is the place we can experience Jesus. So this is huge. Okay, so our present practice for this week is to actually practice being present in the moment, which will then provide a foundation for us to experience Jesus in this moment. We're going to talk about that next week. But again, we're building, we're building to that. Okay, so let's do this together. We're gonna do this together so you can get a feel for how it works. This includes those of you watching online or a listening or whatever on a podcast. This includes you as well. I realize you may not be in the ideal environment, um, including here. We're not in the ideal environment because we're not alone, right? Uh, there are a lot of people here. Um, but, but I want us to do this to get a feel for this first practice here. And I think you'll begin, you'll begin to see the value in this, even if it's not the ideal environment. I think you're gonna see the value in this, even if it's difficult at first. Okay, so first of all, let's do something really radical. Let's together power down our phones, okay? So if you have a phone with you, Power it down. That means there's actually black on the screen. Some of you may not even know how to power down your phone, maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh, power down your phone. Okay. No, you can't receive any, receive any text notifications. Parents, by the way, parents of young children, we have alerted our volunteers um, and our staff. So if there is a problem in the next five minutes, uh, if there is a problem with your child, their number will come up. This is so old school, but this, it's, it's, it works, okay? Their number will come up on the screen. So you don't have to worry about that. You can go ahead and power off your phone right now. How does that feel? Some of you are already hyperventilating, right? Um, phone is off. Okay. Now let's begin with a centuries-old practice often referred to as breath prayer or centering prayer. So in this practice, we use our breathing to help quiet our hearts and our minds. And often it helps to use a simple phrase or a scripture that we align with our breathing. So a phrase I like to use is, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. So on the in-breath, we whisper, we think the words, Holy Spirit, and on the out-breath, breathe on me. 
So let's just do that for a few moments. Inhale, Holy Spirit. Breathe on me. Exhale. So now you can just keep your head, your eyes closed. We're going to practice being present to our physical body. We all live in this body. We're going to practice being present to our body. So for the next minute or two, as you sit in silence, I want you to be present to and aware of your physical body. And I'm going to help you do this, just with an exercise. So it may help to imagine a scanner, like a medical scanner, that's going over different parts of your body. I may help to imagine that. If not, no big deal. But I want us to start, we're going to just start by paying attention to our toes and our feet. Just wiggle them if you need to, but just pay attention. Notice your feet. Notice your toes. Notice the position of them. Feel the ground underneath. Can you imagine the scanner just kind of moving up to your legs, knees, ankle, legs? Just be present now to your legs. any sensation that you're feeling in your legs. Okay, now I want you to feel the weight of your body on the chair that you're sitting in. Just feel the weight of your body on that chair. Pay attention as if the scanner's moving up. Just pay attention out of your hands and your arms. What position are they in? Just pay attention to that. How do they feel? Just to your hands and your arms. shoulders, your neck. Be attentive to any stress or tightness that you're carrying, your neck, shoulders. 
Now your face, your, your head. So take a moment and just whisper just a quiet prayer of gratitude to God for your physical body. Okay, now we're gonna practice being present to our environment, our surroundings. So as you sit quietly, I want you to pay attention to the environment around you and we're gonna start with, your, with our hearing. So close your eyes and tune in with your ears. What sounds do you hear? Now pay attention to your sense of smell. Notice any fragrance, any aroma around you. Now I want you to open your eyes, but I want you to focus now, not all around you, focus on one object that is near you. It could be the carpet, it could be the chair in front of you, a giving envelope, a pen. Just focus on that one object and be present and just observe as much as you can about it. Color, texture, detail. Okay, now let's close our eyes again. And I want you to be present right now in this moment, be fully here. In this environment, your body, you are fully here. Father, thank you for the gift of this present moment. We desire to live more and more in the present rather than the future or the past. Thank you for our breath. Thank you for our bodies. Thank you for our senses and for your creation and provision around us. We ask you to break, help us break the inertia of distractions in our lives so that we can truly experience your presence and stillness. Help us choose to lie down in green pastures. Lead us beside still waters. Restore our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that practice was a simple way to begin growing in our ability to be present to our bodies and our environment, which is a foundation to us being present to God. Okay, this is, this is a building block. It's really important, and we don't do this very well, so it's something we can practice, um, this being present in the moment. So I encourage all of us to try this daily, if possible.
If it's frustrating, um, stay with it because you need it, okay? We need it. So right now, we want to enter into a time of responding to the Lord in worship. Now, you may not be ready to engage in these songs. You may be, oh, I wanted more time, you know, and so that's totally cool. You can just sit and be still. Others of you are like, oh, let's sing something. I'm tired of all this quiet, um, so, which is great. We're going to sing some songs. Some of you may want to receive prayer at our prayer stations. We're going to have people at our prayer stations. Some of you, um, get, maybe God's prompting you to give an offering dur- during this time of worship. We have giving stations around. This is just a beautiful space to be present right now in the Lord's presence and respond to him. So, so let's do that. You can stand, sit, you can do whatever you want. So Lord, we welcome you here. We love you, God. We want to be with you right now. Thank you, Lord.